You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Good morning. This is Sister Lavina Francis Pamet. I'm a Franciscan Sister to Sacred Heart, and you are watching and listening to Dare to Love, which is a program for vocation awareness. And also, I'm the coordinator for the um, vocations ministries here in the Office of Religious in the Archdiocese of Chicago. Today, our guest is Sister Sharon Dillon who is representing the Fireplace community, which is a, an intentional community. And she, we will find out more uh, from her. So at this point, um, the, the people who are uh, keeping up with us and, and really is responsible for the uh, production of this show is Javier and uh, Brian. And uh, in the background, um, he, he's gone right now, but usually I, I send stuff to him is, um, <laughs> is Mike May. Um, and the department, um, headed by Vince Gerasoli, uh, we're very grateful to them. Without without them, we don't have this show. But of course, um, more importantly, uh, we're able to uh, provide shows with very interesting content and meet uh different people all the time. Sister Sharon Dillon, welcome. It's her first time as a guest for Dare to Love. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for inviting me to on to your podcast. I've never been on a podcast before. <laughs> so uh, so for our listeners, um, Sister Sharon will introduce herself. And um, uh, and if you can probably, first of all, uh, tell us your community and where you are living currently um, in, in a community that's called The Fireplace. Well, thank you again for inviting me to speak about my community, both my religious congregation and the intentional community that I'm now living in. I am a sister of St. Joseph of the Third Order of St. Francis. And yes, we use all of those initials. <laughs> and I am currently residing in Hyde Park, Chicago, with a brand new intentional community called The Fireplace. And there are five of us who live here. And there are about seven, what we would call extended community members. And I'll explain more of that later. So for now, before we talk about the fireplace community, uh, which I think um, uh, from the description that you have with the arts, uh, it, I'm going to be doing a workshop there um, in a couple mm -hmm. weeks, actually, August 13th. Yes. <laughs> so uh, the uh, your community itself you are one of, you're both Franciscan, Sister Julia Walsh, um, mm -hmm. and but your community is your, I think your mother house is in Milwaukee, is that Steve. right? 
Stevens Point, Wisconsin, oh, but we just, we just sold it, believe it or not. Okay. So we are, we are truly itinerant at this point. <laughs> Which is very Franciscan. So how did you yes. meet your community and what is your community's charism? It's a great question. So believe it or not, I've been in my congregation for 35 years and I was in my early 20s. I'll give you a little sense of my age. And I met my congregation while I was attending a retreat for women interested in religious life. And I did not want to attend. The parish priest noticed that I had been coming to mass daily. And he said, oh, we send someone every year. And I said, but I'm already discerning becoming a lay missionary with the Marianals. And he's, he was like, well, just go, just go for our sake. Like we always send someone. And so I reluctantly went, but prior to that, people kept telling me I should be a religious. And I kept saying, oh yeah, sure. When I get a letter from God, when I get a letter from God, you know, like set, set the impossible limit, correct? So, you know, you have to be careful what you say about what you ask for. <laughs> be careful what so you pray I went, for. <laughs> right. I went on the retreat and all I was, um, all I needed to do was the final interview for the Marinole missionaries. And when I returned from the retreat and during the retreat first, I met my community. And when I returned from the retreat, there was a letter waiting for me from the lay Marinoa missionaries saying, we really think you should take a year to discern a call to religious life. So there was my letter from God. And I had met my congregation and they always say, you know, your congregation when you identify with the history and it feels like home. And as soon as I read the history book, and I met the sisters and I walked into the to the environment, I was like, oh my goodness, this is home. And um, within six months, and I also told God, it better be easy because I'm tired of this whole, all this work of becoming, trying to figure out where I'm supposed to be. And that's, I think, part of the 20s anyhow. And um, I got my letter from God and I met my congregation and everything else just fell into place. Like within six months, I was a candidate, paid off my school loans within a year as a candidate, and then everything just moved smoothly from then on. So the words home, that things are just working out and falling, falling into place, all those things are just sort of like those ingredients that when people talk about their vocation and their communities, I hear those words. I use those words myself, you know, when, when I, you know, what you ha we have options, but mm -hmm. you have the vocation of um, religious sister and within that vocation, there's a fit to a particular community, to a particular group. And it's not just a location. Um, and I it's remember, not a yeah, no, no. And I would say with my congregation, the irony was I've always kind of been on the edge of things. Like I've always been a person who asks a lot of questions. <laughs> my novice minister gave me a book at the end of novitiate said, blessed are they who ask questions. <laughs> and we started laughing about it. And then at that point, I was also told that to read a document that had just been found actually. And it, in the document that was found on a bishop's um, desk who had passed away, 
And it said, let it be known, it came from Rome, let it be known that this congregation had been founded in rebellion. And I was like, oh my goodness, that's so much my spirit. There <laughs> you go. At home. Yeah. yeah. And so as someone who has immersed herself into the third order charism, I would say the specific aspect of that charism that would define my congregation and why we struggle with identity always at every single chapter is ongoing conversion. We have a very large breadth of different expressions of spirituality and how to enter into that deeper relationship with God and Francis and Claire. And I believe that's because we embrace that sense of ongoing conversion, that that's the primary um, core value of our charism. And not that the other three, you know, menorahs, uh, option for the poor, basically contemplation, poverty, they're all a part of us. But the one I would say that is most identifiable of our congregation is the ongoing conversion. Right. And also as a, a third order um, yes, uh, Franciscan, um, that that ongoing conversion, which is really an invitation to all people, is that metanoia, which is turning around, and that will also relate uh, probably the second part when we talk a little bit more about the fireplace is uh, dreaming and responding to mm-hmm. what is emerging, but um, just out of curiosity. Um, who are some of the models, not just from the community, but if you can think of people who have significantly um, modeled for you, essentially, that formed you or changed your life or really was significant in your life? Wow, that's a that's a big question. Um, I would, sorry, the person's I reflected on that question, and the two persons that came to me in prayer are now both deceased. Uh, one, Joan, who was a member of my congregation when I entered, and she was what we call a companion sister. Mm-hmm. So when someone joins, we give them a companion sister whose only role is to companion them throughout the whole formation process. So it's someone who's not in an evaluative role, Mm -hmm. but just someone to walk with them and help them navigate all the different ins and outs of religious life. And you don't necessarily have to live with the companion sister, but I did live with Joan. And as I made my first profession of vows, she chose to leave the congregation. And, um, we remained friends. So I always told her she was a extended member of our congregation. It's funny that I would just um, use those words for us uh-huh. at the fireplace, that she, she had our charism, she lived our charism. And for a brief period of time, it was within the congregation. And then she lived it, I think, better after she left the congregation. And as you said, metanoia, you know, ongoing conversion is something, if you pay attention to that within your life, then it's never going to be stagnant, right? right. You're always going to be changing. Yeah. So Joan was a witness of that for me. And she became my very, very best and closest friend mm-hmm. and um, so, and died of breast cancer um, mm-hmm. after a long battle. Mm-hmm. 
but it was beautiful. I got to give the homily at her wedding. I still keep in touch with her husband to find out how he's doing. And um, she highly influenced me because she was so rooted in prayer. And um, that just spoke to me that she never looked at things through the lens of giving up. She always looked at things as there's something more. There's something else God is calling me to. That's is so would, out of deep faith. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and especially as I watched her struggle with cancer and was there for her throughout that entire struggle, mm -hmm. she never gave up. She just kept living her life and living her life as best as she could. And then the other person would be Sister Frances Therese was Nikki from my congregation, who's kind of like an icon in the Franciscan world. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she was the first, she was on the writing committee of the very first rule of life called Go to My Brethren, which of course was before inclusive language. Mm -hmm. And um, Franny recognized that I had a deep passion for everything Franciscan. And she just kind of took me by her side and helped me navigate the Franciscan world beyond our congregation. So I learned about the TOR charism and the bigger, broader sense. I learned about the um, Franciscan Federation of which, you know, I had been an executive director for a number of years. I learned about the IFC in the international world of the Franciscans and then it's just that she helped me to read the best books and know which ones were relevant to our time and which ones had passed their time and also encouraged me to write. So I've had some written pieces about the Franciscan world. And so I would say I was one of the few people because our sisters were educated in the model of the Jesuits, even though we had the third order life. Yeah. Um, it was the Jesuits, right, who were teaching the Franciscans yeah. at the time. Mm -hmm. and, That's great. Um, yeah. So, um, so you know, you know, the, w listening to you about the the two influences, one is like your anchor, and the anchor really mm -hmm. is like another symbol for faith. You know, that anchors you, and another one is the explorer, kind of like you know, right. expanding your world. Um, so this is this is wonderful models. Um, you know, we've come to our first break. And so we will come back and talk a little bit more about the fireplace community and how it was founded and maybe a little bit more of your ministry uh, in the education um, area. So we'll be All right. back.
Catholic Charities Refugee Resettlement Program has been especially busy this year, assisting individuals and families who have fled dangerous situations in their homeland, including Afghanistan and the Ukraine. The Refugee Resettlement Team helps with everything they need to start to rebuild their lives in a new country, including housing, employment, clothing, food, English classes, and referrals for legal and immigration services. The refugees are tremendously grateful for the compassion and practical help they're receiving, and they're giving back and helping each other plan for a brighter, safer future. Volunteer opportunities are currently available for those who would like to be family mentors and tutors so children and adults can practice English. To learn more about these rewarding opportunities, call 312-655-7096. That's 312-655-7096. This is your 44 for me teaching. When I started here, there were teachers here that had taught me when I was a student. Now I'm the old person. <laughs> right now, I teach junior high math. I love when kids find what I'm teaching to be fun and they get it. I see that light bulb go off and it's a thrill. People are always amazed. What? what? You're here for 44 years? It's hard for me to believe, frankly. <laughs> I love what I do. Every summer I think, oh, I miss the classroom. Even on the weekends, I think I can't wait to get back on Monday and teach those quadratic equations. <laughs> Shape the next generation of leaders. Teach. Apply today at artchicago.org slash schooljobs. Catholic Charities offers a wide variety of volunteer opportunities to those who want to share their time and help us serve people in need. Whether it's stocking the shelves of our food pantries, helping refugees learn the English language, tutoring school-aged children, becoming a mentor to young adults, sorting clothes in our clothing rooms, serving hot meals to those who are facing homelessness, or delivering meals and making cards to lift the spirits of our homebound seniors, we are deeply grateful to all those who want to join in our mission of mercy. Volunteer opportunities are updated weekly for people of all ages at ccofchicagovolunteer.com or just call us at 312-655-7053. That's 312-655-7053. Thank you for helping us follow Jesus' call to serve our neighbors in need. We are back. This is Dare to Love show. My name is Sister Lavina Pamet, and I am the coordinator of Religious Vocations Ministries here in the Office of Religious Archdiocese of Chicago. And today, uh, Sister Sharon Dillon, who is with the Fireplace Community, an intentional community in Hyde Park, Chicago, is here with us. 
Um, Sister Sharon, welcome back. And we have Thank been you. talking about your vocation story a little bit and two models that significantly has influenced your life. And the two things that we're uh, talking about were anchor for the faith, for the rootedness, and keeping uh, the faith and also hope, uh, which is so important. It's such a, a, a great thing to hold on to, especially when we have one crisis after another. And then another person, uh, Sister Frances Trees, who, uh, well, Joan was the other one, Sister Frances Trees, who, who pretty much showed you the world. Uh, I, I know, mm-hmm. like, imagine, you know, when, um, if, if you've seen the movie Aladdin and showing the princess, like, mm-hmm. there's a whole new world out there. So you can't just stay here. And, you know, especially like uh, coming out of the quarantine, people are still, and, you know, with safety in question, just being stepping out of our homes, we don't know what's going to be out there. But the world is out there and engagement is the key. Mm-hmm. So now we're turning our conversation to the Fireplace community, how it was founded, the dream that kept on, <laughs> because um, the questioning uh, heart and mind for you is always exploring how you can help and respond to a world and its needs with that ongoing conversion. So tell us all about the Fireplace community, how you founded it, your co-founder, who's sponsoring it, et cetera, et cetera. Well, that's a lot to answer in a short amount of time. <laughs> so the Fireplace had been a very quiet dream inside of me, but I didn't know it until I read this proposal that Sister Julia Walsh, who is a Franciscan sister of perpetual adoration, had put pen to paper. And when I read the proposal, my whole being just started shaking because I was just like, oh my God, this is where I'm being led to. And I didn't even have any conversation yet with anyone except Julia. And there was a small group of us who started in the discernment process with her to see where this would go. And uh, within a few months, it was very clear it was going to be Julia and I that were going to start this. And we were only able to do so because of a great um, care and concern of a committee, that an advisory group from her congregation, and a grant from her leadership team. So we have had, we now have a two-year grant. We're in the beginning into the second year, but it was the spirit that they say, you know, keeps it going because that's what we try to live in is the spirit. There is such a spiritual hunger for people right now. And because of COVID and people not really flocking back to the churches, there there is a sense of I need someplace safe and someplace that's healthy. That's Those are the things that we were really looking for. And someplace that's um, accepting of who I am, my entire being, that allows me to worship in whatever way I want. And the fireplace, it's hard to believe we are only a year old. And so we had put out an application, those pictures of the snowstorm, Julia moved on the on the weekend of Valentine's Day. And that's when all that snow hit us last year. And I helped her move in that snowstorm into the house. So we have the pictures of the house with all that snow around us. But um, we put an application out, a very lengthy process, because we wanted to make sure that we were getting solid people who had a commitment to intentional community and who also 
who got it, who got mm -hmm. the sense of spirituality, of arts, of activism. And that's exactly what we're about. Right? And you have so we, three other people living we, with you? We have three okay. lovely young women who are all in their 20s. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, it's so exciting to be with them. Like, they're, so their names are Leslie, Cassidy, and Abby. And that's the order that they came to us. And you <laughs> learned from them some new stuff, right? Oh, my right? gosh. I yeah. learned so much from them every single day. They. Yeah. They all came to us from living in an intentional congregation, mm -hmm. not in, in intentional community and volunteer service before mm. they joined us. So they are continually teaching me how intentional life in community is different than living religious life. I don't know how else to explain that. That yeah. caveat, but yeah. there is a difference. Yeah, because like you, um, you mentioned, you learned the word zine. What is that? What's right. TikTok? Here is my here's Abby Zine. I'll hold it up there. So a zine is a little pamphlet. Mm -hmm. You know, I never even knew what a zine was, uh -huh. and so she taught. She actually did a, a little friendly thing for everyone to do a zine, and she did a zine on the fireplace. And so basically the fireplace is about fueling and sustaining, sustaining change makers and artists and activists. It's not a temporary housing uh -huh. place, but it's a place for people to come and restore their soul uh -huh. and their spirit and their creativity and, and anything that where they find a nice little quiet place in the city. It's hard that we have this little haven. We we rent this beautiful old mansion without central air uh -huh. from the SVDs. And ah. they have been very supportive. It used to be one of their, their formation houses. Right. So it's a big old mansion, has eight bedrooms and five bathrooms. Sign me and... up, sign me up. No. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, you're going to get to see yeah. it shortly. Okay. We and... have like two and a half minutes. So okay. What goodness, would you so. what message would you like to put out there about the fireplace <clears throat> um, and and also as inspiration to other people to be part of it? I would say that there is a place for everybody. Like come and be in relationship. Come and be with us, come visit us, um, come to one of our programs, go to events and check out what we have coming up. We have um, you, Sister Lavina, coming and doing a workshop for basket weaving, which is a spiritual creative experience. We have something coming up on St. Clair, and it's going to be writing letters to Claire across time. We just had the um, Melody Gee here, who is an artist, a, a, a poet, and we had um, uh, Don Sweeney was here. I mean, we just have all these wonderful things going on. It's hard to believe we were only a year old. And people can so, come in and sign up for like a retreat, right? If they want right. a place. One of, the, one of the things we've learned, though, that we do need to do a little better job with just um, screening in general. Not not that we want to say no to people, mm -hmm. but we need to know the number of people who are coming and right. da, 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 da. So we, you need to sign up yeah. and then we need to have an, like a conversation with you before you yeah. just come on in because we do live here we all work full-time jobs and we want to make sure it's a welcoming hospitable space that you can come to you also have uh, you want to leave us with uh, a blessing or prayer and even um, uh, perhaps a song with a message right so as you were talking I all of a sudden opened up this 
prayer book called Daily Prayers for Busy People, because I know we're all very busy. And believe it or not, I opened it right up to Second Tuesday, right? So I thought, well, I guess this is what God is calling me to pray for us. So um, just a quiet sense, sense of a moment. God, my friend, my beloved, I offer you this day, let all my prayer, my work, joy, suffering, join with the lives offered to you by the whole of the people of God and especially with our great Eucharistic celebration, Jesus, our brother. Let your spirit be with me and those in need today. I ask your loving concern today for all those who are seeking spirituality, who are afraid, who are hungry, who are without. Remind me throughout the day that I am not alone and that you are there for others. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Sister Sharon. And for those who want to uh, contact the Fireplace, it's um, thefireplacecommunity.org. And if they, uh, people want to write to you, thefireplacecommunity at gmail.com. So uh, no spaces. And this is Sharon. Thank you so much. Um, I hope people will be able to be part of this community. And um, hopefully we can, uh, when I get to your place, hopefully we can cover more of what you all do. It looks like you have a lot of events coming up. Thank you. We do. Blessings, everyone. And this comes on every first Thursday of the month. Blessings. To come and follow you Here I am Did I hear you call my name? Here I am As you will Speak my God I am ready to begin Here I am I come to follow 